everyone, and welcome back to our podcast, Happy New Year. Here we are in 2022, unbelievably, and we are continuing to explore and learn about BC's path to universal childcare. This is episode four in our series. We are honored and grateful to live and work on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We thank them for having cared for these lands and waters since time out of mind. We would like to recognize that this podcast is recorded on traditional unceded lands and honors indigenous ways of knowing that have nurtured the children of this land from time immemorial. In today's episode, we welcome longtime childcare advocate Rita Chudnovsky from the Coalition of Childcare Advocates of BC. The coalition, as it's commonly known as, has been working tirelessly for decades advocating for a universal childcare system. More than a decade after the development of the 10-a-day plan, the provincial government has finally embraced it as the path forward to a universal system. For years, the coalition has been sharing their knowledge to support a universal childcare system that's high quality, affordable and accessible. And Rita is here today sharing that plan and more specifically, the roadmap for a -a 10-a-day childcare in BC. And once again today, we're pleased to introduce our host for today's podcast, Gita Chud, and the sister of today's guest, Rita Chudnovsky. Thank you so much, dear Crystal and Emily. Uh, The first question is framed this way. Perhaps the best way to begin is to ask you to help us better understand the connection between and the difference between the 10-a-day plan and the roadmap. Thanks, and let me just begin by saying how lovely it is to be here, and I'm a follower of the podcast, so uh, great to great to be part of the series. Um, and happy to begin by talking about the relationship between the Kennedy Plan and the roadmap. As some of your listeners may know, the initial plan, Kennedy Plan, was developed in partnership between the coalition and the early childhood educators of BC, and we first released it in 2011. And that came about because for years, if not decades, we had been calling on government to design and develop a plan to move us to the kind of childcare system BC children, families, and early childhood educators need and deserve. And we came to realize after that, asking, calling, Uh, for that action for many years, that actually we were the ones, we along with the community and our partners should develop the plan. If we wanted a good plan, we would need to do it ourselves. So we spent a year putting together the plan and uh, taking it out to community and improving it and finalizing it. Um, And as I said, released it uh, over a decade ago in 2011. The plan has now commonly been branded or come to be known as the Kennedy Plan, but the full name of the plan is the Community Plan for an Integrated Public System of Early Care and Learning. I knew we knew very quickly that that wasn't catchy, but I just wanted to highlight that again to remind us that the plan is about way more than lowering fees to 10 a day. The plan outlined a vision 
for a system that provides high quality, inclusive, affordable care, protects the rights of children and families to access that care, respects and honors indigenous jurisdiction and rights over the services that meets their communities, really laid out a broad vision. So we took that vision forward to communities, built understanding about it and support for it. And um, over the nine or 10 years after we first released it, we really started to see it start to frame the discussion about childcare, gain support, and we started to see some progress. And for that first decade, we regularly updated the plan to both include the new learnings that we had to, re to reflect changes in the external context. And we actually did that eight times with the last edition of the plan being released in February of 2019. But then in 2020, there was a provincial election during which all three major political parties in BC made very significant childcare commitments. And the NDP, the party that formed majority government after that election, their commitments most closely aligned with the vision in the plan. And so we felt that it was appropriate for us to move actually the next step of the plan from the broad vision to a much more detailed implementation plan for how we recommend government should act, should act on each of its election promises in order to deliver the system that we envisioned in the plan. So we released our first roadmap last year and we really see it as the next step in the 10 a day plan. Super helpful. So we thank you for a little bit of history as to the 10 a day plan uh, developed in pardon me, partnership with ECEBC and its revisions over the years and your focus on um, way more than just lowering the fees, yet at the same time giving a much broader vision and after a number of updates, making the decision that we wanted to get more focused and specific. So we'll lead, I think it's a good segue, Rita, to the next question. We understand, as you just said, that it, you are in the process of updating the roadmap and what motivated the update or updates of the roadmap? Great, thanks, yeah. As I said, we released the first roadmap uh, last year, but since then there have been a number of really important and positive developments that led us to realize that it was time to update the plan. We're always in the process of updating. We always keep an open mind to learn and listen and respond to the content. So, um, you know, while others, while we have no official promise of this, um, I'm sure this won't be the last update to the roadmap. But the, the, there's three important developments that really motivated us to go back and look at how we wanted to update the roadmap. The first and most significant is that last July, BC was the first province to sign a bilateral agreement on early learning and care with the federal government, with Canada. And, um, and this is a very significant development because it brings significant federal dollars into British Columbia. Um, 
in order to improve childcare services for children under the age of six. And it commits both the provincial and federal government to, um, to reach a number of milestones that have targets and timelines. Um, and so the, the most probably significant reason or motivation for updating the roadmap is to include those bilateral agreement commitments. I will say that they align very well with our first roadmap and they align very well with the promises the NDP made in the last provincial election, but they give us very concrete timelines and targets for achieving more spaces in public nonprofit and indigenous led services, bringing fees down, um, raising wages, etc. And so we were really motivated to build those commitments and timelines concretely into the roadmap. The second development was that in October of 2021, there was a federal election. And I have to say that, that during that federal election, while the bilateral agreement had been signed with British Columbia, you know, if there's a change in government, sometimes things change. So in that federal election, Canadian voters were offered two very different visions for childcare. One was tax schemes or tax reductions for some families. And the other was the vision reflected in our 10-a-day plan, the roadmap and the bilateral. And the good news is that the vast majority of Canadians voted for politicians who supported our vision and the bilateral commitment. And the third development is more provincially, which was following the bilateral or sort of together with the bilateral agreement, BC made some policy changes and um, they enacted some legislation, but they also made a decision to start to um, dedicate capital funds, that is taxpayers' dollars that the government gives to organizations to build and create new childcare facilities, they made a policy decision that we had been calling for for some time to make sure that those funds only went to public, Indigenous-led, and nonprofit childcare. So, Along with some things we learned when we took our first roadmap out and we heard from people, those three developments really motivated uh, our, um, our direction to update the roadmap. Thank you so much for highlighting those three key elements, which was bilateral agreement on early learning and care and the commitments to concrete timelines and targets, the federal election, and then more uh, locally provincial policy changes and legislations enacted. So that's then a wonderful segue, Rita, to question number three, which is, so what's new in this updated roadmap? Great. Thanks for asking. So a lot is the same, but the original roadmap was based on the six key election promises the NDP party made during the previous provincial election. And there are a lot to keep in your mind on a podcast, but I'll quickly go through them. The first was to bring 10 a day childcare to more families. The second was to uh, 
provide universal access to school-age care on school grounds. The third was to ensure early childhood educators are a well-supported profession. Uh, then there was a commitment to move childcare to the Ministry of Ed, a commitment to protect childcare and law, and finally a commitment to develop a new approach to capital funding and planning. So the first roadmap was based on those, uh, had a section for each one of those um, commitments. And each one of those sections in the roadmap has been updated to reflect now the specific timeline and targets in the bilateral agreement. In addition, the um, bilateral um, agreement um, committed BC to an action that you know, is happening very quickly, which is to reduce average fees across the province by 50% by December, 2022. We hadn't included that in the first roadmap. Mm -hmm. And so we now have included our recommendations for how we think it is government to deliver on that. So we have updated, we've added a section, we've updated the sections. We've also strengthened the um, final piece of the roadmap which outlines four system building blocks that we're calling on government to implement across the board, an equitable funding formula, moving towards more common policies and practices, um, developing community or neighborhood childcare networks, and moving from kind of landlord tenant relationships to partnership agreements with programs to build the partnership with education. Um, so those are some of the big new things. We also, I want to comment, did include um, some new things that we learned through feedback when we took our first roadmap out. And the one I would want to highlight is that we have added a recommendation um, that the government develop a learning framework for nine to 12 year olds. Our vision for childcare and the 10 a day plan is from birth to 12. And we're always looking for ways to broaden the understanding, importance and support for school age care. This was a recommendation made to us. And so it's included in the, um, it's an example of an update right. included. Right, thank you, thank you. And I really just kind of, clutched on to three key words that you used in response to the question about what's new in the updated roadmap. And that is we added, we updated, and we strengthened around system building blocks. So great for us to have that. And, and you're then, so good at pulling out those kinds of themes. Then we'll move to question number four, which asks you, Rita, to please give us some examples, specific and concrete, of recommendations and some of these updates. Sure. Um, and, you know, try to pull out a few that I hope will be of interest. The roadmap is full of recommendations, so... Um, we hope that people will find their favorites there. So the first one I thought I might highlight is the new commitment that government made through the bilateral, which was to reduce fees on average by on an average of 50%. 
by December 2022. And I want to highlight this, A, because it's new, but also because it means that there's going to be change happening pretty quickly. This is not just something that's 10 years off. So we understand, and the bilateral says, that government will use the existing child care fee reduction initiative to achieve this goal for those involved directly in the delivery. You'll know what that's about. And we think that that's the right way to go um, because it builds on a program that people know and already exists. Um, what we've said about this new commitment is in keeping with our overall principle that every step government takes must lead towards the system. So we assess everything as, is this leading us, even if it's a small step, and this one isn't, towards the system. And so what the ro this roadmap recommends is that for programs receiving the additional money through Child Care Fee Reduction Initiative, to bring fees down by 50%, those increased funds should come with increased accountability measures that help move us towards the system. So the roadmap recommends that those come with accountability measures around capping fees, because there's no point if programs get a money to reduce fees, but then they raise their portion. Uh -huh. We've seen that happen. So their fees have to be capped. The roadmap says to receive these new additional funds, there has to be the wage enhancement of $4 that the uh, early childhood educators and people working in programs have to receive the full benefit of that $4 on top of at least the provincial minimum wage. Programs have to agree to welcome all families and all children into their programs. So these are all things that we see as increased system building, and it gives programs an opportunity to see how those work for them, and government an opportunity to move towards what will have to be an accountable system. system. So that's one example. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You had another? Well, um, maybe I'll just because of, uh, I expect that there's a lot of uh, people who may be listening to this who are early childhood educators and work in the sector. I did want to highlight some of the updates um, that we've made around the section on supporting the profession, ensuring early childhood educators are well supported. Um, the roadmap acknowledges that the recruitment and retention crisis has only gotten worse and is now recognized as probably the single big, biggest challenge to progress. And so um, we continue to and even prioritize, strengthen our call for the development and implementation of a wage grid as part of an overall compensation package. And I think a future podcast will look at that. But the bilateral does commit government to develop it, and we're absolutely calling for it to be implemented. And it also includes a number of bold actions that we think government needs to take in what we're calling a transition strategy to both recruit new students to the sector, to welcome back people who have left the sector, and to support and respect the people early childhood educators in the sector. And those include increased access to public post-secondary. We're calling for ideas like waiving tuition fees, forgiving student loan um, debt, mm -hmm. student loan relief, pathways for people from other sectors to get their 
early childhood education, the ability to work and study and be paid for study. So a number of bold actions that we think government could take right now. So that's another example. Example, great and concrete. And so on my quick notes, I've written R&R, SNS, R&R again, so that the roadmap is full of recommendations. And the SNS was steps leading to system building. And then the other R&R was around recruitment and retention and all the concrete examples that you offer that are now part of this updated roadmap that talk about best ways to enable recruitment and intention crisis to be addressed. And that then leads us to the final questions. And that says or asks, what are the next steps in sharing the roadmap, both with the community and with government? Thanks. And maybe just before I, I get to that one, I just realized that you know, it's always important not to assume and to make the uh, implicit explicit. So I want to be clear that we, of course, are calling on public funds from government, sufficient public funds from government to support all of these initiatives. And sometimes people say, if families are only paying 10 a day for full-time care, you know, how are we gonna cover our expenses? So the, both the 10 a day plan and the roadmap are all based on that whole balance between how much parent fees pay and how little government pays to reversing that so that the funds are overwhelmingly coming from government like other public systems with the revenue being 10 a day and no fee, no parent fee for lower income families. So I had that in my notes and I realized that I yeah. should. No, I love it. There's another R for reverse the funding system, RFS. The alliteration queen. So, um, and your question was about kind of next steps. Yeah, next steps so, both with the community and with government. Right. So first of all, um, hopefully it uh, should be that by the time this podcast airs, People will be able to go to 10aday.ca and click on a button that says roadmap, and that will take you to the online roadmap. We recognize that it's a big, can be a big, dense document, so we found some new ways to present it online. Um, people will be able to read the whole thing or read a section that's of particular interest to them. We've also developed a graphic timeline that will show people in kind of the first phase now to December 2022, what needs to happen and then what needs to happen in phase two that takes us through to the end, 2026, to the end of the bilateral. So people can read the whole thing or they can read sections. We're also shortly going to be ha have a summary of the roadmap available in hard copy for people um, to that we'll be able to distribute. And if organizations are interested in us doing a presentation about the updated roadmap, they on the they can contact us through the tenaday.ca and we'd be happy to organize that. We will again, as we did with the first roadmap, be reaching out to offer briefings to government, both at the political and staffing level. We will also be doing that with our key allies and large organizations. 
And from the roadmap, we will be developing our shorter term advocacy messages, campaigns and actions for people to take that reflect the, the phases and the time, the sort of phased in recommendations. So if people, if your if your listeners aren't or haven't already done this, when you're on tenaday.ca, uh, do go to support the plan, add your name, and you will be added to our list of people to whom we regularly, not overwhelmingly, we won't bug you every day, but we will send you regular messages about our current campaigns and advocacy activities. Great and great. And then with government, any particular meetings hoped for or planned? Maybe not as yet. Yes, as yet we don't have meetings set. We, of course, you know, once the plan is publicly available, we will be reaching out and offering briefings to government as we did with roadmap number one with the first one. Excellent. And so my notes there uh, reiterate how people can find very shortly the road, the updated roadmap at tenaday.ca and take ourselves to roadmap and that we can choose to focus on particular sections such that the reading will be easier or come back to particular sections, um, that there will be timelines leading us from now till 2026. Uh, a summary will be available later in hard copy for sharing. And my little acronym there was A to A, Advocacy to Action. Okay. Uh, we thank you so very much, dear Sister Rita in real life and advocate sister to all of us over the decades. And I just wanted to conclude with, um, I'm sorry, because I always think it's important to name the source. In this case, I don't know. It was just a quote that I heard yesterday that said, the only room that is never full is room for improvement. And so I'm thinking about the Tenaday, which actually became a national banner, uh, and all the updates on the roadmap leading us to the path along to improvement. We thank you so much. Just really exciting, forward thinking reports. And back to. Dear my my honor and privilege. Thank you very much, uh, Gita and Rita. Of course, this is just such a small introduction to the roadmap. Uh, so please be sure to visit um, the Ten a Day uh, website, as mentioned. Uh, we certainly have come a long way. This is exciting times. We hoped listeners enjoyed uh, the discussion today and next month we are following up um, our conversation um, with Linnell Anderson, also from the Coalition of Childcare Advocates, and she will be discussing the childcare wages and the proposed wage grid as Rita has mentioned, and we'll see you next time. Please take care. <laughs>